Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Music Podcast, Amplifying Wisconsin Musicians. This week, we amplify Brad Dassey, who actually has a birthday coming up November 1st. In a bio he sent to me, he said ever since he was a kid, he loved making music no matter if it was beating on coffee cans, pots, pans, slamming on his school desk, etc., Teachers at Andrew Jackson Elementary School, Wilson Junior High, and Lincoln High School thought, in his words, was crazy with ADHD. LOL, he continues, I honestly cried last night. This was the hugest performance I've ever done in my life. What is he talking about? He was at Dull Comedy Show with Jack and Tanner Experience of 95.9 KISS FM. Continues, I'm normally used to performing small open mic shows, 30, 40, or even 75 people. He feels fortunate Jake and Tanner, who always air his music on KISS FM and Appleton now and then, invited him to partake in their music challenge. They received a bunch of hating text messages and tweets over the last year. They wanted to know if I could pull off writing an original beat while splicing in my own lyrics between all the hate messages. They sent me about 20 or 25, he says. He had the honor to perform at their show at the Meyer Theater in Green Bay in front of a thousand people. Huge thank you, he says, to all my friends for helping me film on different cameras. He continues, Mandy from Kiss FM, who was backstage, Jake and Tanner from 95.9 Kiss FM, he thanks them for inviting him to take part in this adult comedy show, JTX. He says it was insane. People kept coming up at the end, fist bumping him, saying that he killed it out on stage and even recognized me at breakfast in my hotel room in the morning. The annual holiday music showcase episode is coming up in mid-December so if you have a holiday song or two or three send the files to Wisconsin Music Podcast at gmail.com with holiday music showcase in the subject I'll add it to the showcase if you need that song for the holiday music showcase recorded contact me through the ZTF studio email ztfstudio at gmail.com as I'm having a free recording session weekend coming up for a limited number of artists that have one song they like recorded and mixed down in Union Grove Wisconsin this is a project for the Recording Arts Club that I run. So we're going to talk with Brad about his experiences with music, his music origin story, and we're going to hear a couple of his songs. So let's get right into it with Brad Dassey. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Brad Dassey. He's a Wisconsin musician, and he's going to talk a little bit about his music and his inspirations and what he's doing with his music today. So welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast, Brad. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. So why don't we start with your music origin story, kind of where you grew up, 
did you come from a musical family? Um, did you do music in school? You know, kind of that stuff and kind of like a little timeline from there to today. Sure. Uh, well, I stemmed uh, my music uh, influences from my grandmother when I was a kid. She played uh, double panel organ. And so she was teaching me how to play chords and how to get into, you know, getting the right sounds and notes to play well together. So I started off with that and then I got myself a nice little cheap $100 Casio keyboard and just kind of started from there. And did you play it all in school? Yeah, here and there. I actually uh, joined a few talent shows and um, I went to Wilson Junior High School in Manitowoc and I did uh, a talent show there, um, played in front of a thousand people and I was doing like, you know, cheesy little cover Casio songs like La Cucaracha and uh, Elton John, Crocodile Rock and things like that. So it was, it was pretty cool. And would you say that's kind of where your stem of getting into more uh, synth sounds um, kind of originated it from? I would say maybe in the beginning. Uh, more of my music influences today stem from Timbaland, Eminem, Justin Timberlake, the 21 Pilots. Okay. And is is the keyboard like your main instrument? And if so, is there other instruments that you fool around with as well? Or is there more to you than just the keyboard? Yeah, the keyboard is basically my main instrument. So what I do is I use Fruity Loops on the computer. And so I have uh, probably well over 500 VST plugins. And so I have virtual instruments. I can basically have any instrument I want. And I just use my keyboard, uh, USB MIDI keyboard. And so I could use electric guitars. You'd never really realize it's even a keyboard. So it's, it's pretty amazing what you can do these days versus back then I was limited to the Casio keyboard and plugging it into my computer and then recording what was already on there but today you can buy packages and you can even find um, instruments for free as well which i've been very successful at finding free and then there's some deals that you know come about so you can get pretty much anything you want right um for those that are listening in um can you give a quick summary of what fruity loops is in case they're not sure what exactly that is Sure. So Fruity Loops uh, is a um, it's a DAW, which is called Digital Audio Workstation. So right. you have Logic, you have, you know, all these other different kind of programs. And so Fruity Loops is basically what I use to it's my baseline program. And then the VST, what a VST uh, is, is basically it's a virtual instrument or a plug in that I could use within the program. And so if I want the sound of an organ, for instance, I have like 50 different sounding organs. And if I want electric guitar or I want drums, I can bring anything in there. And so I lay out all my, um, I lay everything out, the compositions in that program. And then I do my final mixing in a program called Ableton Live 11 Suite just because it's it's so easy to stretch your screen out and then see the whole thing. 
and then you can zoom in and out real fast and be able to just kind of throw things together real quickly. So um, I also use Adobe Audition for recording my vocals and doing some other mastering in there as well. Excellent. Did you try other um, DAWs for before you landed on Fruity Loops or was that like your first one and you just stuck with it? Yeah, Fruity Loops. Actually, I've been using that since I was 15. I'm 16 now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, I'm going. I'll be 39 this year, but I've been using Fruity Loops since I was 15 years old. And so um, it's I was very fortunate to learn about it because uh, back then I was learning how to fix computers and things. And um, there was a, a computer place in Manitowoc called Computer Groove. And so there was a guy named Parks Walker who owned that. And uh, we basically became friends and I would come chill out and hang out. And one day Parks had Fruity Loops up on the screen. I was just like, oh, what's that? You know, and so that's kind of where uh, the Fruity Loops journey started. Right. Now, if I remember correctly, they went, um, they were sued by the, the cereal company. So they had to change their name at one point. Am I following that correctly? Am I remembering yeah. that? Fruity Loops? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, it's always been Fruity Loops for me. Okay. So I, I thought they they had to change it to like FL Loops or something like that because Fruit Loops was like suing them or something like that. Well, that's news to me. I haven't really followed it closely, but maybe, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. Maybe it's FL Studio now. Right, right. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. That's interesting. Because I know what over the last 25 years of you using that, it's had to change a lot in, in that amount of time with technology advancing over that amount of time. Yeah, I think uh, the interface in itself and the layout and everything look fairly similar. It's just, uh, you know, the bit rate of the actual, you know, the, the clarity and everything of the program changed. But yeah, there's a lot of different features and things and each time they release a new feature there's something new in there so it's pretty cool yeah yeah and since you've been of drinking age for almost 20 years now <laughs> um have you taken your music out into the world and performed for people that's the struggle i'm having right now is um you know it, it's just getting people to call you back and uh being able to send your demos to an email and things like that so back then i think it used to be you know put yourself on a cassette tape and take it directly to bars and things but um i had my actual first gig uh, a few weekends ago and so this band that had learned about me a few weeks ago had offered me to open for them so I got my feet wet a little bit, but it's been a struggle trying to get other places in the local area to get back to you. Yeah. They don't ever reach back to your emails. And I've reached out several times and they just don't respond back. So I'm not sure what the trick is to getting gigs. But yes, I'd like to get more gigs eventually in the future. So let's kind of talk a little bit about what style of uh, synth-based music that you do is it more i know you talked about like 21 pilots and others is that kind of like where your your genre kind of 
umbrellas or are you kind of using those as inspiration and you're kind of doing your own thing? So I'm mainly a hip hop and rap artist and it stemmed off back to Eminem and Tupac and Biggie and just anything with a good beat. Um, I've just always loved good beats and they get stuck in your head. And so um, it's all about like the grooves and the beats. So it doesn't necessarily uh, stem off of synthesizers. I like using like deep cello and, and um, anything that sounds really good together. So electric guitars are great. Um, it's just all about digging in the toy box of VST instruments and finding things that really sound good together. Okay. And kind of branching off from that. Do you, since we, you were talking about um, venues not getting back to you, do you feel like the uh, local scene is not open to your type of performance, or do you think it's just um, something else? Well, I thought about that, and it, it could be either or, or maybe they're just too busy. And I think, you know, maybe perhaps calling on the phone might be a better avenue or just going to talk in person uh, I do have a DVD duplicator, which also does CDs, and that's how I hand out my free CDs. So I thought about possibly putting something on DVD and just taking it to, you know, booking managers and saying, hey, you know, if you're interested, check it out. I might get better response that way. I'm not really too sure what, you know, I know a lot of artists have booking managers and there's websites out there you can put yourself on and then these other booking managers or whoever just you know scout out people on that which you know costs a lot of money like 150 or 200 bucks or so so i'm not really too sure but i'm just getting my feet wet this year trying to get gigs yeah it's all a learning experience yeah definitely i mean i haven't booked a gig in probably over 10 years because i'm not um performing out live anymore um but sure. do you think at the time we are at with streaming uh music and movies and tv shows and everything everything's basically streaming now do you think dvds and cds are still relevant well i put a thing on my facebook recently asking if anybody wanted a free copy of my music on cd because it's organized you know you just pop a disc in and you got 20 songs boom it, it seems like the older generation, and I'm not ripping on the older generation, but it seems like they have a harder time downloading the stuff to their phone or they don't have enough space on the phone or it depends on what device they're using and they don't know what a zip file is or how to open it and get the stuff extracted. So it seems like I'm having a harder time that way. So um, I did post on my Facebook and I, I was asking for some donations and I received about $200 and I was able to send out over a hundred CDs, even just around the world, even uh, people in the United Kingdom were interested in, in it as well. So I think CDs are, you know, secretly relative yet. Um, the younger generation today, I think, you know, they're going towards phones and MP3 players and whatnot, but the older generation, I know my dad will never steer away from a CD. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you on that. Yeah, when it comes to extracting zip files and stuff like that, that's just too many steps for a lot of people. They it want is. it, you know, it's like they want it right now. You know, just give me a link, and that link opens up 
you know, a play a playlist of the music itself, not sure, to download that too. And sometimes I think I don't know if the phones are just too clouded up, but it says you know there's errors or it just sits there and buffers. So it could be a multitude of things, you know, causing right. issues. They could have too many apps on their phone just sucking up space, and it's just so slow. So I'm not too sure. Um, I think CDs are pretty relative because I've had over a hundred requests for an actual copy of a CD. So oh, that's good. I think it's still hanging around out there. Yeah, I think I just heard that for the first time in 17 years, CD sales have actually gone up. So maybe oh, that's wow. yeah. So maybe that's that's a good thing coming up. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, we had well, the vinyls coming back, right? I was going to say, you know, vinyl came back, so maybe now it's going to be CDs that come back. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard way back when that they were going to have like little SD card albums, and so those were protected and things. I I haven't seen those yet, but yeah, that was probably like ten, twelve years ago, which wouldn't be a bad idea, right? But. I think within the next probably 10, 15 years, everything's just going to be in the cloud. I don't even think there's going to be any physical media anymore. Right. I know. Except for like vinyls, you know, who knows? That's, that might stick around just because. Because vinyl's cool. Right. Exactly. (laughs) They say it's, it's supposed to be a lot clearer than CDs anyway, but honestly, I don't know. I, I think it depends on the equalizer you have and the stereo system and, probably the needle you have too so absolutely there's a lot of factors in the clarity let's kind of talk about the music you're making today are you working on a current project or did you just finish a current project where are you at with that um i'm actually working on a million different projects so (laughs) i have attention deficit disorder and it's a good thing and it's a bad thing so the projects are never endless um but i have probably 600 songs that are not finished which you know when i start a song and i think it's going somewhere and then all of a sudden i'm just like you know i get bored of it and so if i think the song isn't really too hot or you know and my background is radio too i used to dj for wixx and b104 and cub radio so i know really all the elements to a hit song and today i'm more picky on my songs versus back then i used to just oh, this sounds really cool. And today I'd probably be like, well, what the hell was I thinking, you know, back then? It, that, this is trash, you know? Yeah. So now I'm, I'm extremely, extremely picky today versus back then. So I think it, it depends on the vibe and the groove if it's going somewhere. And it's, it just starts off all experimental. And so Today, obviously, I probably have about 25 grand mixed into all my recording equipment and software. And um, I have a studio at home. And then I also just got um, a Neumann TLM 103, which is really nice. That was 1600 bucks. So the vocals are sounding better. Um, the clarity is there. And I also do voiceover. That's originally why I got the microphone to get better clarity in the voiceovers. And so I have to do less editing, which is nice because yeah. just boom there. But it really all depends. I, I just like a good hip hop beat and something that kind of, you know, people can jive with and just right. get addicted to that. Man, this beat is just slamming. I got to keep listening to it. 
I've done a few songs this year and I've done uh, my daughter just turned 13 in November. So she's in choir at school in Oshkosh. And so um, there was a couple songs that I did recently that I thought she could, you know, kind of duet with me on. And so we've uh, a recent one that's more popular is more of an 80s style song. Um, it's called See You in My Dreams. And I originally wasn't trying to go for an 80s feel, but going through all the instruments and things, and it just kind of came out that way. So um, that was a different style than I'm normally used to, but it was still a fun project. I don't limit myself to just hip hop and rap, whatever comes out, basically. Right. And I've had uh, varying ages tell me that they hate rap music and they really like mine because it's it's catchy and it's groovy and you can hear what i'm saying and i'm not like you know the mumbling rap thing is cool in in its own category but i like to make sure that people can hear my enunciated words clear enough so that they know what i'm saying and so that's basically kind of the, some of the concept that goes into my music making. Cool. Do, do you want to uh, put a couple of your songs on the podcast for people to hear? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, took a, I took a master class with Timberland, who's also worked with Madonna and Justin Timberlake and a bunch of other artists. And so I learned quite a bit how to really stretch my voice a little more in that class and i made a, a popular song well it's popular in the uk right now um it's called bend it right back and so it's really it, it was really out of my style rem realm but um that's one of them i'd like to share on there Single sexy girl inside, thick in the thighs, it's no disguise. No surprise to all of the guys who stop and stare. She got a thick but mysterious stare. She ain't single, but she ain't gonna wanna share. She badass, high class, ain't gotta care. Drives a Mercedes off slim shady, mashed potatoes and gravy. Loves attention, likes to be called baby.
what she likes Got a real fur coat Likes men in tights Likes that movie Robin Hood Hard to get her out of your sight She's not single Wish you could take her home tonight Doesn't do well with other women Gets in the cat fights Knows Taekwondo She'll punch out your lights If you get too close Won't take off her clothes She's not that way huh. She's just not in the chodes another one we'd like to add sure we could we could do that see you in my dreams one um a lot of people like that and i i really after a while i think you know since my dad um loves the 80s too i really dedicate that to my dad because um if it wasn't for him introducing me to a lot of albums when i was a kid too i probably i really wouldn't have been growing up on the songs that i know today Don't leave me all alone. I 
So I think there was just a whole vast array of different genres. And uh, I love anywhere from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, honestly, and, and the late 2000s. I think today's music is okay, but it's it's getting kind of sickening with all the sex talk and stupid crap like that because you don't have to talk about that to make a hit song. So, but... Yeah. Yeah, I hear I hear what you're saying. Um, when you say today's music, what kind of genres are you talking about uh, specifically? Well, it's just you know, it seems like everyone sounds the same now, and nobody's really doing a whole lot to sound different. I mean, yeah, Billie Eilish, she sounds different in a way where she's kind of whispering in her songs and things like that. But it's just you know, everybody everybody's just kind of too electronic in the whole, um, you know, trancey kind of music in, on the radio today. I mean, I really love the 21 Pilots because they have so many different sounding songs that really, they, they experiment so much and their BPM ranges in each song. So it's like they don't, every song they put out doesn't sound like another one they've already made. So... I think a lot of artists today, they, they have a lot of similar sounding music and it's just like, well, there's nothing too unique about it. Unless if it's super catchy with the lyrics. Um, looking at my question here. Um, I know you said you had about 25 songs right now that you feel are getting close to being done. Are you going to do like, how are you going to release those as like a double album? Are you going to just do a song? every month or what's what kind of do you have a plan for that i don't really have a plan i just kind of you know i mean there's life happens and things as you know i think you had something happen in in your recent weeks and yep so it's like the motivation and the lack of motivation is is here and there so it's not like i'm ready to wake up and start a song right away or finish another one so i've been kind of just sitting back and just kind of waiting for the feeling of inspiration. So the songs will always be there on my computer in the project files. So, I mean, I've done, I also do um, meditation, like relaxation music. I've done a lot of piano instrumental. There's a few songs that I would classify as like movie score music where it would end up in a kid's movie or something. Um, I don't know, you know, uh, rap and hip hop is just the main genre, but it doesn't just stem off of that. It's just whatever, wherever the music takes me, you know, okay. it, it's kind of a thing. So I'm not really sure about finishing everything. It's, it's just whatever I feel led to do that day and while dealing with life as well, too, because, you know, things pop up. Right. So I hear you. I hear you. Eager oh. to finish like an album i've been putting out singles for now and where do uh, people go and or are able to go and hear those so um all my social media handles are just brad dassey music so youtube.com forward slash brad dassey music and um basically the same thing with soundcloud <clears throat> if you just type in brad dassey music on like apple music or spotify It'll show up on there. Gotcha. Um, are you on Bandcamp or not yet? I think I have some things on there. Um, 
I'm trying to relatively keep it simple for people because a lot of people have Spotify playlists and YouTube playlists already. Um, I think I have some things on SoundCloud, but it's just basically all over the place. I use TuneCore to upload all my music into okay. the world. And and obviously you, you like using that. What are, what are some things about it that you like? I've been using TuneCore for over 10 years, and I really love the ease of access and how, how just they lay everything out for you. And I think they even pay uh, more royalties than like DistroKid. Because one of my good friends, you know, she does music too. And I actually produced the music side of a song uh, for her. And she's complaining that she's not getting the same rates that I'm getting. I'm getting more on my music. So I think she's joining TuneCore. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, I have like a stream of like 3000 hits on Spotify in the UK and I'll get like 15, 16 bucks off of just that. So nice, nice, pretty decent. It's been consistent the last few months with certain songs and I, I can see other songs climbing up. So it's pretty nice to go back in there and look at your discography or your singles and get links that you need. So if somebody's using Apple music or, you know, Amazon music unlimited, you can just go in there and get the link directly for those. Okay. Excellent. So listeners take a look into TuneCore if you're interested in learning more about that. Um, you talked about doing voiceovers. How did you get into that? Back in high school, um, I guess I just had a very distinct voice and uh, the radio voice kind of thing. Everybody kept telling me like, hey, man, you got such a good voice. You should get into WIXX. And then I got into commercial production and then also uh, radio imaging as well. I've done some radio imaging. Uh, I used to run my own station out of my basement. It was called Ultimate Variety Radio. And it was it was really cool. I just couldn't afford almost a hundred dollars a month to keep it running so okay. i had my own apps and phone number and everything and it was a good uh run of a year but you know um marketing aspect of everything you know you could have a good show and nobody knows about it yeah that was really the downfall but the voiceover thing uh you know i just kind of started getting into uh voice123.com and voices.com and so i started getting pitched all these auditions and then um slowly just kind of learned from there back then i thought i was actually pretty good when it wasn't that great so <laughs> i've learned quite a bit about the voiceover world over the last 12 15 years and so today um you know it just sounds more natural and i think back then i was just trying to force my voice Okay. More so, and it sounded more radio announcery, which when you're doing voiceovers, you don't, they don't want the radio voice. They want the guy next door and, you know, a natural sounding type of conversational stuff. And so back then I didn't really have a coach or anything. I was just kind of getting into it on my own. So over the years, I learned so many different things and I've voiced thousands of projects now over the years. and. My one of my more recent ones is actually for uh, my own chiropractor. Okay, uh, Ascend Chiropractic out of Appleton. 
so they have this hyperbaric chamber and so they were um showing and demonstrating how it is and and how to how it works and why it's beneficial so one of my friends actually filmed it and then i did the voiceover for it very cool excellent project so that was a lot of fun do you have any problems with like work-life balance with doing the music and the voiceovers and stuff no voiceover is pretty easy um everybody you know has their own home studio now and so you can just set your own schedule unless you're some famous hollywood artist and uh, they basically want you on demand in the next second so right. you pretty much have to do that full time uh right now this is just kind of a part-time as the gig kind of comes in type of thing which makes it pretty nice right um and if you want to check out if you want to check out my voiceover work you can go to bradvo for okay. voiceover.com i have some work that i've posted there cool so if there's any uh, businesses or organizations out there that need a voiceover you can look up brad's stuff there at on that website was there any concerts that you've been at either as a performer or as an audience member that impressed you in such a way the trans-siberian orchestra i would say uh i saw them at the resh center in green bay and they were just so engaging the whole time i think it was because they had so many different things like lasers and bubbles and and just everything you could think of and the storyline just kept going and going it like just followed right through um so i think that was one of the more engaging concerts i've ever been to um there's always so much so many different moving parts to it and it was like a three-hour show but it it felt like it it felt like i was in and out like boom like it was so good yeah Uh, other than that you know there's there's a lot of artists out there i think that could improve with the style on how they perform or engage with the audience i really like i like how artists will teach you the chorus and then get you to kind of sing along with it and then really engage with you so well as i start getting some gigs i'm going to start doing that myself i've looked up some tips and tricks on how to really engage with your audience and make it fun you know that's really what it's about it's not about just standing up there and strumming a guitar and singing like you got to really interact kind of like how the dj thing is you know you got to get your audience your audience's attention and so i think uh i think you know sometimes for some people it just comes naturally and certain certain artists i don't know they just maybe haven't looked into it but the trans-siberian orchestra was one of the bigger ones and i did see the 21 pilots in chicago last year and again they were like super cool they had like fireworks coming out of the stage and um the guy's bass didn't work so he was like making jokes about it and so it was, <laughs> it was funny like they didn't just stop the whole show because the bass wasn't working they incorporated all these funny like humorous things and then they finally got it going yeah while they were still playing so it was still pretty cool, Very cool. um and they had a little campfire in there too. So I think, you know, engaging audience, engaging your audience is really the biggest 
the biggest trick into creating a fun show. Yeah. So I guess once I do more gigs, if I can get more gigs, then, you know, I'll be learning as I go along. Cool. Excellent. As we wrap this up, is there anything else that we didn't go over that you'd like to talk about? Well, uh, one of the biggest things is I think, uh, and I'm sure everybody's heard this too, and, and Wisconsin, being a Wisconsinite myself, um, it's kind of a 50-50 toss-up between one person to the next. But if you've ever seen Making a Murderer on Netflix, uh, you'll know that my half-brother Brendan was um, on that series in the Netflix, and I think Wisconsin definitely did him wrong. And so um, there are some support songs I've actually created for him as well. The first one uh, ended up on um, MTV and VH1 and just all over the map. And you can find it on Rolling Stone. If you just, you know, Google my name, you'll find it. It's called They Didn't Do It. And so it talks about my brother and his uncle, Stephen Avery, and um there's just so many things that don't make sense into uh, the, the whole thing. It, it's just, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the, the, newest, the newest evidence that came to light was this newspaper guy that said he saw uh, a different brother actually moving the vehicle. So I would, I would definitely steer towards that conclusion instead of, the brother that's in there now because the brother that's in there now is a shy shy and quiet guy and i don't think he was capable i think it was just really ridiculous of manitowoc saying that you know they had their guys and they they basically said they had their guys before they looked into everything so okay. um that's where i think the unfairness comes into play um but anyway, there's three songs I did for my brother, Brendan, and they've been on Kiss FM a lot over here. And so um, I've been on the Jake and Tanner show on 95.9 quite a bit. Um, the first song is called They Didn't Do It. And the second one is called Taken Too Long, kind of like taking too long, but it's, you know, abbreviated with some slang, taken too long. And then also... This new one I just came up with uh, last week. It's called Free Brendan Dassey. So those are also, if if you care about it. I mean, there's a lot of people in Wisconsin that actually sympathize with them. But then there's a lot of people that believe back in 2006 when they were watching Ken Kratz on the TV uh, that they only go off of the news from back then. They haven't done their research and they think that they're guilty. So... It, it has affected yeah. my job life. Um, it has affected my job life and my uh, life to make friends in the music world and also um, just overall everything. So it is, it is kind of a challenge to deal with, but, you know, I just keep plugging away. Well, I hope everything comes to light the way it should in a positive view of, of them. So hopefully that gets cleared up. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, that's all I have for you. So thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Everybody who's listening, make sure you check out Brad's music. I will have the links in the show notes. And other than that, thank you again, Brad, for being on. Yeah, thanks. And thanks to anybody who checks out my music. I really appreciate it. You can I have 70 songs on my website. You can download all of them for free at braddassymusic.com. Excellent. All right. 
Have a great night. Thanks, Brad. You too. Thanks. What great information from another great Wisconsin-based artist that I am very fortunate to help amplify. If you'd like to be on the Wisconsin Music Podcast, I have a guest request form on the website, wisconsinmusicpodcast.com. Just fill that out and I'll send you an information request. Also, the annual Holiday Music Showcase episode is coming up in mid-December. So if you have a holiday song or two or three, send them to the email wisconsinmusicpodcast at gmail.com with Holiday Music Showcase in the subject. And in the email, attach the files and information about you. I'll add it to the showcase. Also, if you are in need of getting it recorded, contact me through the ZTF Studio email, ztfstudio at gmail.com. And I'm going to be having a free recording session weekend coming up for a limited number of artists that have one song they'd like recorded and mixed in Union Grove, Wisconsin. This is part of a project for the Recording Arts Club that I run at the high school. Well, that's about it for me this week. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.